From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Hey, Real Pink listeners. Uh, today's episode is going to be maybe a little bit unique in the sense that it's uh, very personal for me. I'm uh, today getting to interview Lauren Velarde. Lauren is married to one of my old roommates. She didn't even know he was one of my old roommates until just a minute ago, but we lived together in college and I've always admired him. We lost touch after college, uh, but we've gotten back in touch and uh, now I get the opportunity to interview her on Real Pink. So uh, Lauren, this is actually, I think the first time we've spoken. So uh, it's, I feel like I know you from social media, but, uh, but so nice to talk to you and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Well, uh, Lauren, I, I, I've followed your journey peripherally, uh, you know, as, as many do through social media. And, and I've gotten glimpses along the way of your breast cancer journey. But really, I, if you ask me to describe it, I could not tell you any, any level of detail whatsoever. So let's start there. Um, let, let, walk us through what you're like, you know, finding your breast, your breast cancer, the diagnosis, what was that experience like? Yeah. I mean, like any breast cancer journey, it's complicated. Um, and, uh, so I have a family history of breast cancer. Um, I've had, I, I have multiple aunts, um, who have had it. And, uh, my two grandmothers passed away in, uh, 1979 from it. Um, ovarian cancer runs in my family as well. So, um, I've always known I've had that in my history. And um, so it's always been in the back of my mind. Um, and my husband, John, and I, um, we were living in Chicago at the time. And um, I had seen, I was seeing this gynecologist and she, you know, every time I went to see her, we talked about my family history. And then one time she just asked me, you know, do you want to take this gene test? It was the the BRCA gene test. And, um, I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I hadn't thought about it. Um, and just the more I researched on it after that conversation, um, you know, I've, you know, just the information that would come out from that, it could either be, um, good or it could be really challenging. Um, and, uh, you know, my mom was totally set against it. Um, she said, I would not want to know that. I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to do that, but, uh, I ended up doing it, um, because I said to myself, I want to be, um, the healthiest that I can be for my family. Um, I had an 18 month old daughter at the time. Mm. And, um, I said, I want to be around as long as possible. So, um, I'm going to go down this path and we're going to see just how it goes. So I had the gene test done. It comes back positive. Um, but it, um, it, it came back as the highest risk for, um, developing breast cancer and ovarian cancer. So because of that though, it allowed me to get, um, screenings done. So I was now in the running for, you know, I was able to get, um, MRIs once a year, um, and then I was able to um, have a the CA125 blood test for my ovaries and get an, um, an ultrasound um, every six months. So, you know, I thought, 
this is good. We can keep on top of it. You know, if anything develops, we'll catch it early. Um, literally the next month I go in for my first MRI and then I get the phone call saying that they found something. And like my doctor was just shocked. Um, it was small. Yeah. It was, um, I don't even know the size of it, but it was, uh, in a weird position against, um, the back of my chest wall. Um, so it was hard to find, um, they wanted to do a, uh, an ultrasound to follow up and, you know, try to biopsy it from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with the ultrasound, they couldn't, they couldn't get to it. So I ended up having to do the MRI guided, mm-hmm. uh, biopsy, which was terrible. Um, it was, it was painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, but they were able to get the sample and then sure enough, two days later, it was positive. Wow. And um, I was 26 um, at the time. And I think my world just stopped. And, um, you know, I, I think even though I had, um, I, I didn't always think that I would get breast cancer, but I knew there was always that possibility, but I just didn't think that it would happen when I was 26. Yeah. I mean, that's, Shockingly early. Wow. So, so yeah. I'm curious about like the decision to get the genetic testing. You mean, you said your your mother was against it. Um, you went for it. Like what? Like and I understand her thinking. Like I like I I kind of lean towards her thinking. Like I don't know that I want to know. And I, and I think, but I think I should want to know, right? I guess that's what I'm asking. Is like, so what was it that motivated you to overcome that feeling of like I don't want to know? And like, and choose that. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I just wanted to be around as long as possible. And I felt like it was my responsibility to take the best care of myself as I could. And I think coming or like going with that is, you know, it, you could uncover some uncomfortable information. Yeah. Um, but I felt like taking that test was the right thing to do. And obviously it was, yeah. um, because I feel like it saved my life. If mm. I, if I hadn't have had that done, um, you know, my doctor said that it could have been years before I would have really felt something, you know, because of where the, the tumor was. Um, and who knows what things would have looked like then, mm. you know, my life could have looked completely different. Yeah. Um, so I'm just... I'm really grateful that I did that. And, uh, I mean, I just, so, you know, further on down the road, my mom ends up getting the gene test done too. Oh, wow. Okay. That's good. Good for her. That's a spoiler. And, um, but you know what it's, I think, I I think saved her life too, because she began getting, um, uh, mammograms and MRIs, you know, um, not, all together, but every six months she would have one and then the other. And then last year they found something, um, in her. And so they were able to catch it early because they found something that wasn't there six months ago. Right. So, um, I don't know. I'm just appreciative that she did it. Um, because she's still around. She's fantastic. 
that's fantastic. And so that's, that's why testing is so important, right? Um, so, so talk a little more about, you know, you're, you're 26. I think you said you had an 18 month old. Um, what was it like going through treatment? Um, you know, you're, you're married, you're navigating that. I know your, your husband, uh, is a, is a business owner and he's probably pretty busy doing that. So like, so to just walk me through that whole, that, that part of your life. Um, it was extremely stressful. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, we, it's have, you know, having an 18 month old, there's, uh, it, it was my job. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I stayed at her, home with her, but then I also worked, um, um, in our business. And, um, so, um, I had made the decision that I had wanted to have the bilateral mastectomy. Mm. Um, I was given, you know, the option of doing that or the lumpectomy. Um, I was just really scared that it was going to come back right. if I just had a lumpectomy within five years. Um, and the risk was really high. So I didn't want to put my family through that again if I didn't have to. So, um, I had the bilateral mastectomy and, uh, my mom came and lived with us for a month, um, which was extremely stressful. We lived in a, a two bedroom condo and she slept on the pull out couch wow. for a month. Wow. That's a good mom right there. She is really great. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was hard though, you yeah. know, going through that. I, um, the recovery on, um, that surgery was really tough. Um, I couldn't be, you know, I, I couldn't hold my daughter. I couldn't hug her, mm. you know, and that yeah. was really hard, um, on our relationship. And, um, yeah. And she didn't understand, of course, oh, why so tough. Yeah. I, I couldn't do anything with her. Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, and so then I went through, um, you know, I had expanders put in. Um, so then um, I slowly had those filled up. And um, I didn't need chemo or radiation um, after my surgery, which um, I was grateful for. Um, but uh, then, of course, I needed another surgery to have my implants put in. Mm. Um, so I did that and, uh, that was at the end of 2015 hmm. and, um, I'm still here and you're still here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and you're still, and you're still kicking And And, and what's your, yeah. if you don't mind me asking, like, what's your current yeah. health status? Um, so I am healthy. Um, I go right now. I see my oncologist once a year and I get an MRI once a year. Okay. Um, at first, you know, or for the first like six years or so, seven years after um, 2015, I went um, every six months to see my oncologist. Right. And just I did an MRI once a year. Um, so now we're we're up to once a year for everything. And um, but back in um, 2021, I I I knew that I would have to have my ovaries removed. Mm. Um, that's part of like with the BRCA gene, it's you're at, a, you know, I have a high risk of developing ovarian cancer and it runs in my family. Right. Um, so I was told, you know, you should 
have your ovaries removed once you're done with kids. Um, and, or when you reach 35. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's very specific. Got it. (laughs) I was like, all right, well, um, you know, back in 2021, um, we had had three kids by then. Um, we went on to have two more kids after my first and I'm grateful for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, 2021, I knew I was done with kids. And so we just decided to, to do that. So I had my ovaries removed, my tubes, everything. And, um, that put me straight into menopause, Hmm. but, um, yeah, it's, uh, life is different. Of course it's, um, it's not normal. It's not for, I'm 35 now and to be having hot flashes and, you know, the, the mood swings that can come with that. It's, Hmm. it's, um, I'm, I'm learning to navigate it still. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So, so, so I'm, I'll, I'm going to ask you a question that I could not normally ask someone I'm interviewing because I don't know their spouse, but I, I do know yours. So, mm-hmm. uh, John, it, you know, I, we, we were, I, I've known John, I think from about seventh grade through college. And when I think of him, I think of two things. I think of uh, very high energy <laughs> and very high encouragement. Um, so I'm curious what role those two things played in his support of you throughout this process. You, I, I just, I'd love, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Um, honestly, I just, I don't know how I was able to snag him. <laughs> <laughs> he is just, his support through everything is, was just it's phenomenal. Um, he was by my side for everything and, um, always my number one encourager. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was beautiful just to have him by my side, just walking through everything. And I knew I wasn't alone. And I mean, he's gone through, you know, his own, um, journey with this, you know, I, I think he um, he tries to be like strong for me, but then I know behind the scenes, you know, he's he's also just uh, uh, battled just I don't not not feeling sorry or, or de- depression, but just like it's it's tough it's tough on the caregivers, you yeah. know, and um, you know, just to see somebody who you love so much walking through something really hard. Um, it's, it's just difficult, Mm. but, um, yeah, John, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have anybody else. Yeah. He's he's amazing. He is amazing. I would fully agree with you on that. And and I wanted to follow up too. You mentioned a minute ago, uh, that your mom, uh, had the testing that she, they ended up finding something. I mean, do you, do you mind me asking what her status is right now? or, Or do you mind sharing that? Yeah. Well, um, because it was found so early, um, she was able to go pretty much, she had pretty much the same thing as me. Wow. Okay. uh, It was kind of odd, um, in a way to be, uh, talking with her through what's going to happen. You're like mentoring her through what you went through, like almost taking like that guide role with your own parent, right? Yeah, it is. And it, 
it shouldn't be that way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I was with her, you know, I went down, um, well, I went down for her biopsy. She lives in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And, hmm. um, I went down for her biopsy and, um, and then, uh, you know, it, that came back positive. Hmm. And, uh, then she had the bilateral mastectomy. Um, and then she had expanders and, uh, she had the, um, the implants put in, in November, this past November. So she's on a good path right now. Um, I'm grateful for that. Um, I am a little bit jealous because she was able to go home from the hospital with a nerve blocker, Mm. um, for which lasted about three days, which I definitely didn't get that, Mm. but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but she's, she's in good health now. And, um, yeah, like I said, it was just, it was an odd feeling for me to be just on the other side of this, you know, walking her through, um, all the steps and I know what it feels like. I know all the emotions and, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was different. Yeah, I bet. I bet it was. Um, well, Lauren, I, I, I appreciate you you joining me on the show today, just sharing your story. Um, I'm, I'm very glad that you got the genetic testing done and that that resulted in finding that early. And so, so happy that that worked out the way that it did. And just wonder, do you have any, any final thoughts you'd like to share with any of our listeners? Um, I think that I would just say, um, don't be afraid to be your own advocate, you know, because I, we all know our bodies, ourselves better than anybody else. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, if we, if we take care of ourselves and we do what we need to do, even whenever it's hard, um, you know, going through those hard things, it's, it's okay. But, um, you know, there's people in your life that need you and, um, they're counting on you. And I don't know, it's just do, do what you need to do to be there. That's the best advice ever. Do what you need to do to be there. I'll leave it at that. Lauren, I I really appreciate you joining us on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.